oh man, it's been calling my name and it's taken all the willpower I have not to get one of those. <laughs> and it's taken all the willpower I have not to get your desk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're even then. Alternate realities again. Hello and welcome to Tectonic, the show that revolves around the seismic shifts in technology culture and the digital age. You're listening to episode number 53. I'm your host, Joe Darnell, and with me is our special guest, Tim Smith. How are you doing, Tim? Hi, Joe. Uh, I'm doing great. It's great to have you. Last time we had you was episode 35, so it's only appropriate that we have you back for episode 53. (laughs) I I don't know how that happened. It's one of those cosmic forces things like we were talking about a minute ago, because the last time we had you, we didn't have Joshua, my co-host. And here again, we don't have Joshua again. So something's going on. This is kind of fishy. Some very unique podcasting circumstances. Yes. It's almost as if Joshua doesn't like me. And yet I don't know about it yet. Or there's like a uh, a negative and positive energy force. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Something that J.J. Abrams sort of come up with, <laughs> affecting the the space-time podcasting continuum. Exactly. We're in an alternate timeline. It is. Um, officially, do you think that we just uh, forked tonight when we started the show? And there's, exactly. there's two different... Okay. It's like that, it's like that movie I saw once. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about our technologies today. Joshua is actually on a business trip. He's in Boston. It's legit. He's going to do something a little bit CGP gray of him, and he's going to spend a couple of days in a hotel room with his iPad Pro and get more things done before he returns to his regular desk job. Oh, wow. Yeah. Speaking of desks, we got a desk to talk about tonight. Yeah. You got a special desk, and you wrote a good review about it on the Bold Report. Thank you. You know, you've been actually... I'm surprised people read that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I see the headlines on Twitter. It's 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 supplementing my RSS feed. Oh, well, I'm glad. Yeah, see, these days I have a few categories left in my RSS feeds, and I still use Reader uh, Kids. Yeah. That was a, a thing back in the day, 2007, wow. 8, 9, 10. If you remember, uh, Reader was a great way to get all of your headlines before Twitter <laughs> and Facebook kind of took over that scene. Yeah. What I liked about RSS feeds was just how cohesive they were. And if you categorized them right and you curated your favorite writers, then you had something that was guaranteed to interest you day to day. Yeah. But it seems like Twitter kind of took over that space because we became more interested in, uh, you know, people and what they had to say in regards to the news as well as, you know, how it relates to their lives. But then we've lost something else. We're not as, we're not as, condensed we're not as cohesive we're not as focused along the way well what i think is interesting is i i we went from curating what we were reading on our own to then curating people who curate for us what we want to read you know what i mean (laughs) we did yeah um and and uh and i think that that shift has been interesting but i i'm also one of those people that i still very much like my rss uh uh, feeds and I check in with them every day. I mean, I I, I read them all. Uh, Sweet. So all, every day. What so. are you using for your feed? Uh, I use Feed Wrangler um, to organize all the feeds that I want to subscribe to, mm-hmm. and then um, 
I use Unread on the iPad uh, to to read. Unread. Um, yeah. Okay. That's the one that's more minimalistic. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got some yep. great color and layout. Yeah. And I, I just hop back and forth between reader and unread based on the season and uh, what okay. just suits my taste at the moment. But I have, I love both. And I have both syncing with Feedly. Uh, yeah. And another great example of a ma- way to manage your RSS feeds. You know, I only wish that websites would offer better. RSS feed links, yeah. you know, be a little bit more mindful of that. Yeah. But it seems like these days, this p- particular generation of, I don't know if it's the developers and the writers, the marketeers behind the scenes of news outlets, they, they just don't think and care about the RSS feeds much anymore. My collection is getting kind of old. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, I think with bigger sites, uh, it's been my impression that subscribing to their RSS feed can be really inundating of things. Um, like I, 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 for example, just, just like a month ago, uh, there was something really interesting on the New Yorker. And I said, oh, well, you know, I'm going to find an RSS feed to subscribe to because I, I like some of the articles that I've, that I've seen from the New Yorker. And I was just bombarded <laughs> with like, with like seven entries a day really? or, or possibly more. And I was like, no, I, I don't want to do this. I, I much rather uh, in, enjoy people that are, are careful, cautious, and uh, purposeful about what they're writing. So. Huh. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I understand. Well, we ought to, we ought to get to the topics. Um, sure. When you're reading, are you reading at your desk or do you read on the go a lot? Uh, I, I don't necessarily read on the go most of the time. Uh, unless I'm traveling for some for some reason, uh, but but normally I read either in bed or on the couch. Okay, in the context of the couch, are you on your iPad, your your MacBook? What do you do? Yeah, I I never never ever read on my Mac. Uh, and, I, you, you know, it's so strange yeah. how that kind of just happened quietly over yeah. the last two years. Yeah, and, and I that that's so weird to me because I I used to be a huge RSS feed reader on the Mac, but as the iPad has become more and more involved in my daily life, I, I hardly, I mean, almost never uh, read anything on the Mac. If, if I'm finding something on the Mac that I'm, that I'm interested in reading, I'll usually, I'll usually just pocket it and then later uh, look it up on, on the iPad in, in bed or, or on the couch. And, and you know what's interesting too is we finally got to the point that e-reading apps for PCs were readily available and useful for things yeah. like I think Barnes and Noble may have one for the Nook for a PC and a Mac, but I know yeah. that Kindles do offer a Mac app, and so do the um, iBooks. And we finally got to this point when we have a decent way to read long form writing on a computer and nobody yeah. wants to do it. I mean, I'm sure there's some <laughs> exceptions, but yeah. yeah, in general, nobody wants to do it because we have other devices that are so much more handy for that task now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I 100% this, it, to me, my Mac feels giant in my lap. It does, doesn't it? Which You're using a Mac Pro? Yeah, I have a, I have a MacBook, MacBook Pro, Pro. Uh, 13 inch. Okay. See, I was using the MacBook Pro 15-inch first-gen uh, Retina display from 2012. Yeah. I used that until the big uh, end of last year yeah. and upgraded to the 12-inch MacBook. And, oh, man, 
you, you know, <laughs> that feeling you're talking about where it feels ginormous yeah. when it's sitting in your lap completely goes away at this size with a 12 inch display on the, this basic MacBook. So I, I use it like it's a desktop computer most of the time, but it does not trouble me whatsoever if I want to sit in the living room with this on my lap for a couple hours. Yeah. It's very comfortable. Yeah. But but you're at your desk most of the time when it comes to your MacBook. Uh yeah. I mean, because I, I work I work a full time job, so um I, I'm at my desk at least eight hours of the day. That led to one of your important purchasing decisions. Yeah, because I this so this year um was a really big change type of year for me. Um, where uh, my my goal, my motto for the year um, is to get healthier. And I wanted to find more ways of doing that. And one of the things that that has stuck out to me for the longest time has been how much I sit throughout the day. You know, you should have just gone and got another Fitbit or Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have been a lot cheaper. No, a lot easier. No, no. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so, the, so at, at the beginning of this year, uh, we we started to to make other changes. But even before then, um, one of the big things that I wanted to do was get a was get a standing desk. That way, I could sit during the day and, uh, but also stand when when I could. And uh, now I stand, I would say maybe three and a half hours out of the day, which I feel is a lot better than before. Uh, I do all of my meetings uh, standing up. Usually I dedicate about an hour, two hours at the end of the day uh, to standing as well. So it it feels a lot better. But when you think about standing desks, you don't think about a desk that can move up and down like the one that you chose. Right. I think people listening or hearing the term standing desk, they're thinking of a unit with very long legs and you just stand at it all the time. And right, right. if you want to get healthy, maybe you situate a treadmill underneath it. But that's not what right. you're talking about. Right. No, I, I'm talking about I, I guess for me what would have what would have been a little bit more uh of a balance is me being able to sit but also stand. Um and I mean for most of the day I still I I would still say that I that I sit. Uh but but this allows me the flexibility of of changing between sitting and standing throughout the day. And that was the important thing because you wanted to have a place where it was very convenient to sit down or stand up to get your work done. And over the course of eight hours, this makes a huge difference. There's been a ton of research where they say that essentially there's nothing wrong with sitting or standing or walking that you just make sure you don't do any one of these activities for long (laughs) periods of time. Right. So they, they recommend that you routinely shake it up. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I definitely do that now. Um, and, and, you know, you say shake it up and there's, there's a lot of shaking going on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you got your Spotify turned on, you put your right. headphones on, you're exactly. grooving out as you do some coding there at exactly. your standing desk. And then when exactly. you're sitting down, you, you relax for a few minutes. Exactly. And drink yep. a smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and eat kale. <laughs> you know, there is a really great superfood salad now at Chick-fil-A. I'm just going to put a plug in there for that. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Well, so you got a particular one here uh, from the human, hu- the human, that sounds like a healthy word, the humansolution.com, yeah. the stand-up yeah. desk with a bamboo finish on top. 
It's like yeah. it's like an IKEA desk on steroids. Yes, yes, it is. Um, I I mean I I looked at a lot of different desks. Uh, there were there were a few Kickstarter ones that I looked at um, that that they had been funded and you know now they were going to start selling desks. Um, and and the Human Solution was kind of one of those brands that I just kept coming back to, and I I watched a lot of YouTube videos on on people reviewing the desk and. Um, and also uh, going about building it, and and for me, you know, if you read the review, for me, there were there were three big things that I looked at uh, for before dis- deciding to buy this desk, and and for me, the the three things were price, uh, uh, I I wanted it to to look great, and I wanted the build to be quality uh, a quality build, and I wanted it to be easy to assemble, and uh, you know, I don't know I don't know how many people identify with this feeling, but you know, I, I suck at handy stuff. Um, I, I don't know how to pre-drill holes and like, I don't know, that that's complicated for me. Whereas Ikea is about the extent of my knowledge, you know? <laughs> um, so I, I wanted it to be easy to do. And of course, the price is a big deal when talking about standing desks because usually you're talking about at least $500 that you're going to spend. Um, but you want it to still be reasonable. And, and I think... Um, I think the the price that I paid for the desk is is was an affordable one for me, and I still got something that is incredibly built. I mean, this this bamboo top is amazingly beautiful, and it just looks so nice um, in in this room. And and not to mention that, I mean, it's quality stuff. I mean, these legs are so heavy. <laughs> um, so I, I I was very happy. You have a picture on your uh, your your website, theboldreport.net. Yeah. You did a full review. You got a good example of what the desks looks like with yeah. your multi-display setup. It's really nice. Yeah. And what I like about it is that it, it looks comfortable. It, it's like the kind of thing you would see in a real office or in a home office. Yeah. So it's going to blend in. It's not going to attract attention to itself with... Uh, something that looks overly involved. Like I was afraid that the controls would be tacky, but yeah. the controls as they are, are actually less uh, distracting than say a keyboard tray. Yeah. It, it, it just looks very nice. Now, are you able to lower the desk so much so that you can get it kind of lower than where your arms stretch out from the rests of your chair? I was wondering if you're able to position the keyboard low enough that your your hands kind of drift down ever so slightly. Um, yeah, I I can. That is um, great because yeah. one of my issues with my my simple cheap IKEA desk is that I actually raise my wrists about say two inches to get up to my keyboard, and if yeah. it's, uh, if I'm using a mechanical keyboard, it's really uncomfortable and unhealthy <laughs> for the wrists. Yeah, it's it's caused me some RSI issues, so. I actually need to find a, wow. a solution. Yeah, I know. Where I either use a keyboard tray or I just like cut a hole. Uh, well, actually, I could uh, maybe I should just shorten the legs of my desk. That's what I need to do. Get the saw. Yeah. <laughs> and whittle this down. No. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think like th- those type of things are really important. Um, and thankfully, and, this gives you full range. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's completely customizable. I mean, you you look at the you look at the controller and you have your up and down. Um, and and the uh, the those controls are also uh, it, it's not I mean if you press and hold it it'll go large amounts um, but uh, if you just 
kind of tap it. It'll go in small in small increments, which is really nice. Huh. And then, uh, and like I said, uh, you can easily program it so that you don't have to remember uh, what the exact height was. Um, you can just program it and just push the button and it'll uh, go to your sitting position and you can push another button and it'll just move to your standing position, which which is really nice. Okay, I just have to ask because somebody out there is going to be wondering, can you automate this thing and like give a voice command into Siri like, you know, adjust my desk for me uh, with something like if this and that support, you know, IFTTT. I'm just curious, like, <laughs> are you able to give like a command to the Amazon Echo, like just my wow. desk and boom, it, it it's just there? <laughs> I wonder. You know, that's a that's a fascinating question. I I have no idea. Um, I would think not, but I don't think that that would be super important. But what would be kind of cool <laughs> is if the desk knew in the mornings I like to start sitting, right, and in the afternoons I like to stand up after lunch, yeah, and then at the end of the day when I need to leave, I need you to go back down to the sitting position, yeah, yeah, th th that'd be kind of nice because it'd be uh, one of the cues throughout the routine. Yes. Uh, to make a change and not forget, oh, yeah, I've been standing a while, or me, oh, I've been sitting for too long. It'd be nice if it would just make a move for itself. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be that would be really nice. I mean, I, I could see why... I had never thought about that. I can see why people wouldn't want it all the time if they were like, no, no, that, that's actually very aggravating. Like, no, I want the control over my desk. Yeah. I don't want it doing something for me. But I would love that option. Because I, I need things that routinely remind me to stand up from my desk, you know, right. and uh, I don't want to always have to set up a timer for something like that or a reminder in my calendar. Hey, you know, remember to take your vitamins. I mean, I don't really want that. I just want to, <laughs> I want my yeah. vitamins to go into my mouth for me. That'd be great. Right. Well, I mean, my the, the Apple Watch does tell me to stand up every hour, so. That's true. And when you're standing, I, I have... it still, it still tells you to stand up, so. Yeah, that's that's extra that's assurance. Good, but, yeah. <laughs> now, have you ever tried to trick the Apple Watch by sitting down, or that does it congratulate you if you sit down? Um, you know, <laughs> because that's a kind of move. It's a similar I movement, but I, I, I so I think even, it can work. I shouldn't even admit to this, but I have. Uh, there have been times where the the watch will tell me to stand up, and I just kind of move in my seat just in the right way, and. The Apple Watch will think that I had that I've stood up. See, this is why you needed to get this model standing desk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, I have tricked it before, but I, I haven't. I haven't done it. I haven't done it too much. I promise. Going back to the power supply for the setup, though, on the desk is is that involved? Is it simple to add the wiring and to mount the controls and find an extra outlet for the desk? Yeah, that's, and I was that's, curious if, like, does it have a built-in power strip or anything like that? Since the the fixture right. of the controls is already there, right? So it, it does not have a built-in power strip, but all the all the holes are pre-drilled to mount um, the the whole uh, what what would what would you call it? Like the whole apparatus to move it up and down, um, and it's and it's directly under the controls, uh, so it, it just rests there. Um, and, and you, uh, screw it in and that, that's, that's how it is. It's very simple. Uh, and it plugs into a regular outlet. Um, so in, in my case, I have, I have two power strips to power everything that I've got going on on my desk. So it, it, it worked out that I had 
uh, an extra outlet for the desk. I and, and we're going to have links to the desk on the show notes, so you can follow along, check it out. I, I actually think it looks like it's really a good desk. Uh, you yeah. got good taste. Do you uh, do some research before you get started with this one? Did you feel confident about this one? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I like I told you, I I had done a lot of reading on desks, and I had done um, a lot of YouTube searches. So I had watched, I mean, easily like ten to fifteen different videos on on standing desks. Hmm. Now, did you put uh, wheels on the feet, or is it no? Okay. No, it just it stays in the same place. I should think that that actually would make it feel less secure. So probably better the, off the wheels. The wheels, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah, you just shift probably. ever so slightly if you rub it the wrong way. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, that that was my complaint with the IKEA desk was that I would kind of just slightly bump into it, and the whole desk would shake. You know. Yeah, yeah, um, just kind of wobble a little bit. Yeah, it it, it wobbles. So uh, that's what I like about this desk that I I move in and it doesn't. Um, so I like that it feels secure. So then, what is your routine with this desk? Are you trying to stand up and sit down once an hour, or, or how do you do that? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely stand once an hour uh, because of because of the stinking Apple Watch. Oh, you're uh, trying to follow it, that regimen? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which, which is, which hasn't proved to be that difficult, uh, because usually at, you know, once an hour I need to refill my water or get up and, you know, uh, refill my coffee or something, you know, I, there, there's always something to do once an hour, I feel. Um, so that hasn't been too difficult, but I think, um, my routine with the desk and, and standing is definitely, you know, in the morning I usually sit, uh, while I catch up with email catch up on Slack with, with my teammates. Um, and then as the day goes on, usually I'll have a couple meetings at around lunchtime and then in, in, in the afternoon. Um, and usually I, I, I always stand for all of those. And then at the end of the day, uh, the last two hours or so, um, I'll, I'll usually uh, stand as well if I'm not feeling tired. Um, because sometimes, you know, your feet kind of hurt. Mm. Um, and, 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 and then I sit down. But uh, yeah, usually Friday, Friday afternoons, uh, at around four is is dance party central here in my office. <laughs> nice. So, are you standing right now? Do, do you make the point to stand up when you're taking calls or chats? I am actually sitting right now. Okay, I, yeah. I can't tell by just listening to you. <laughs> now, I know there's a yeah. lot of people that make the point to stand up when they're recording audio because they think that yeah. they sound much better, and there's some yeah. truth to it. Yeah, I, I I would have to agree with that. Um, all of the all of the recordings that I did for for um, for my old show, uh, I did them all standing up. I've done some voiceover work for some of my clients because they uh, they do various kinds of video promos, and every when, you know I'm usually what I'm doing for them is motion graphics and graphic design. But then as the need arises, they maybe they have a script and they're trying to hurry a video out the door. I'll say, well, I have some voiceover experience. And so we <laughs> yeah. find the nearest microphone, set it up, usually in the corner of an office, talking to the wall, standing up with this microphone, get that thing into the editing system and get the video out the door. Wow. Very nice. Yeah. It works out very well. And most people say I have the voice for that sort of thing, but I haven't tried to capitalize on it. It's just convenient sometimes. Yeah. 
But I do notice when I'm standing, it is easier to use the diaphragm. I'm sure some speeching coaches would be like, yes, yes. And we'd love to, love to show you some techniques. All of us podcasters could use some, I'm sure. Yeah, I, de I definitely agree with that. I mean, still, I feel like standing down, uh, sorry, not standing down. What am I saying? Sitting down. Showtime. Uh, you're, you're still, um, <laughs> you still, uh, you, you still sound pretty good. Um, but I, I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever tried this, but you can totally tell the difference when someone is laying down compared to when they're sitting down or standing up. Uh, and I think it's because of that. Uh, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it, it's funny. Now that you mention it, a lot of people have joked how intimate podcasts are because you're talking into people's ears a lot of the time <laughs> on headphones. And it's only a little different than laying next to your significant other in bed and talking to each other, you know? Oh, yeah. That's, just a little that makes bit it a little creepy. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> don't be creepy. Uh, we're always telling the listeners, don't be creepy. I think we yeah. need to be admonishing ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> well... It does sound good. I'm interested in the standing desk. I'll tell you what I do. I haven't convinced myself to buy a standing desk yet, but mm -hmm. I do care about this a whole lot. I think I talked about this with Brett Terpstra, and we will put a link to that episode in the show notes as well, where we debated the merits of his standing desk. And one of the great reasons for using one was to eliminate some of the potential RSI issues by yeah. positioning the desk just right for where you want your hands to land on the keyboard and the mouse. Yeah. And besides that, like the health benefits you've already described, that you're able to keep the blood flow going, keep the circulation going. And yeah. so what I've done in the time being is we were actually uh, moving, I guess it was two years ago, and I was kind of aware about, of this possibility four years ago when we started looking for our new house. And so I wasn't ready to commit to a new desk until we knew where we were moving and by the time we were moving, we didn't have any money because we were moving. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's taken a while and to uh, figure out where in the budget a new desk will fall into place. Yeah. But I have hardware that I've used to help me get up from the desk. So one of those things was the Apple Watch. I was a huge fan of that from the get-go because I wanted to have those reminders to be more mindful of my general health. And, you know, it's, it is kind of silly. But if you stand up once an hour for the rest of your life, it's got to have a positive impact. Yeah. If you make that commitment to yourself that you're going to follow that, then it can make it reap a huge dividend. And I'm sure that it will. The other thing was to start paying attention to things like take an outdoor walk if you get the chance. So I try to do that in the middle of the day right after lunch so that I don't hit that um, sort of that, that, like uh, that afternoon coma. You know, <laughs> right. it helps a lot to keep the blood flow circulation going without caffeine. It makes yeah. a world of difference. Yeah. And so when I get back to the desk for afternoons, I actually try to stand up about once in a half hour. And I find that that wow. uh, wards it off as well. I, my alert general alertness is just better. Stand yeah. up if uh, nobody's looking, you know, do some push-ups, do some sit-ups, nothing fancy, <laughs> and then get back to the desk. Yeah. And that's, that's all I'm doing. That's my compromise. And it's uh, working out pretty well because I'm not wearing myself out with a, that kind of exercise, but then I get the benefits of the Apple watch reminding me to stand up from my desk. And yeah. I, but I would be much happier if I was recording to you right now, standing at this desk. I, I actually would enjoy that part of the time yeah. because I, I do like to move. 
I, I like to squirm. So <laughs> getting up would be a positive thing. Yeah. One of the other ways, one of the other things I wanted to talk about with you, Tim, was uh, the, the iPad. And I wanted to talk about how this fits into my, my active routine, my active work, work away from the desk and at the desk. When I'm at the desk, I never want to use my phone or my iPad. How about you? Yeah, I, I, it feels, I never use my, I never use either actually. Yeah. The, even for a small thing, maybe for a quick glance, if you want to see a notification or check on a call, maybe, but if you see that you got an important email, I'm going to sit down the mobile device and get back on the Mac, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, and it wouldn't take me two seconds to go ahead and get to that message on the mobile device but it feels silly when I'm sitting in front of my most powerful device and, you know, I might as well take advantage of it. Yeah. I mean, I even text on the Mac too. Hmm. Well, I, of course, when it's right there, I mean, why not? Especially with Slack. It's, yeah. it's so much easier to type without, you know, typos on the Mac yeah. than it is on the mobile <laughs> devices. Just the elimination of typos. Yeah. So one of the things that I do, again, to shake things up is... I will do some light work on my iPad. And one of those things I consider to be light work is research. Okay. So anytime I have the chance to do some brainstorming and research for new projects, I will do that as often as I can on the iPad because yeah. it has this beautiful display and I am a designer. So a lot of my research involves uh, pictures and seeing something that looks bright and vivid, which the iPad is able to do swimmingly. And yeah. For those kinds of reasons, I like to get away from the desk um, with my iPad. And I know this may sound counterintuitive, but I actually have my grandmother's hand-me-down lazy boy sitting in the corner of my office. So research time is often spent reclined next wow. to the lamp with my iPad. How, how do you get anything done? <laughs> <laughs> I, believe it or not, it's sort of like... Going into into the shower mode, you know, when right. you're in the shower, you have yeah. your best ideas. And for me, being somewhere like in a, a hybrid situation of relaxed and ca and acting casual, but also doing something creative that involves work, it work it, it just accidentally works. Like being in the shower and having that that <laughs> moment of insight. Yeah. I don't, I, I actually don't spend like a whole lot of time in it, but I'm in that chair at least three times a week yeah. and it's usually on the iPad. Yeah. For that reason, I felt like it was high time to invest in a new iPad pro. So I've had an iPad air. Wow. Yes. I've had an iPad air now for more than two years and I felt it was the right time because I have been sold on the, the 9.7 inch iPad pro since the moment it was announced. Yeah. What are your feelings about the iPads at this time? Um, I mean, I, I, I wrote about this recently um, because uh, Ben, Ben Brooks was talking about the, about the iPad Pro and saying, you know, how much he loved it. And uh, I, I just, I think the iPad is in a really good place right now. Um, it's, it's finally this thing. It's finally the thing that we were wanting it to be, you know? <laughs> Um, and, and that really makes me happy. Um, for a lot of people, they don't really need much more than an iPad. Uh, you know, I, I think us designers and developers, for the most part, we can't do 100% of our jobs on, on the iPad yet because the tools just aren't there yet. 
Um, but there's so much you can do from the iPad now. And, and I find myself always doing more and more things on the iPad. I mean, that whole review that we were talking about before of the desk, I wrote it completely on the iPad and I published it on the iPad. And um, I didn't take the pictures with the iPad. I took them with the iPhone. But still, uh, I mean, the, the, it's, it's impressive where the iPad is right now. Um, and, and the 9.7-inch iPad Pro... Oh man, it's been calling my name and it's taken all the willpower I have <laughs> not to get one of those. And it's taken all the willpower I have not to get your desk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're even then. Alternate realities again. Yeah. So so what kind of model are you using right now? I actually have an iPad mini 4. Hmm. Um, and I love it. Good I, choice. I, yeah. I love I love the iPad mini. Um, and I love how portable it is. There are times where I miss the 9.7-inch screen. And, uh, you know, I, I, I won't lie and, and, and make omission of that. So I, I do miss the screen size sometimes. Hmm. Um, but for me, the, the ability to just pick it up on the couch or in bed and, and, and just be able to read and not, not feel that it's there uh, and, and not feel that it's a you know, a burden on my hand. Um, I mean, I, I, I've had an iPad since the first generation. I remember how heavy those were. Um, it, it's just really, really nice. I, I love it. There is a sweet spot for the iPad mini, and it makes me think about what Steve Jobs said in the keynote address when they introduced the iPad. The way that he talked about the first generation one is how I feel today about the iPad mini 4. Yeah, where you can comfortably sit or stand or do whatever you want on this device and you get an immersive reading experience, uh, a digest experience, and a, an outlet away from the Mac and away from the desk on a device that's light enough, you don't really get fatigue after an hour, and it's more immersive than something like even the iPhone 6 Plus. Yeah. Because with that real estate of that screen you're looking at something that's the equivalent of the printed page. And so right. what's unique about the iPad mini is that it's just large enough that when you're writing on it, it's like seeing it on a book's page at yeah. that scale. What's funny yeah. though is that's not how most people in the world now see our digital content. No. But, if you're, but if you are a writer, if you venture to write a novel occasionally, or if you consider something that you are writing long-term to be useful for a potential book, a work, I actually think that there is some benefit to putting it into the, the window of this is what it looks like to scale on the theoretical page that it's going to be on someday. Yeah. And it, it's sort of like, you know how they say uh, for, to writers, oftentimes when you're, you're writing and you write multiple drafts and you're getting through it, on the second or third draft, you need to make further revisions and refinements. Read your article out loud and hear what it sounds like, and that it will influence whether or not it's actually making sense, if it's actually yeah. clicking, if the grammar's good. Yeah, I think it's kind of like that. Seeing our, our written works on a different display than your average MacBooks or desktop computers display shakes it up. So seeing it on an iPad instantly changes how you're experiencing and processing that information. 
Yeah. So oftentimes I do pick up my iPad when I'm reviewing the content of something and I'm trying to make refinements before I hit publish. When I write it on my MacBook and then I pick it up on the iPad to see how does this read. I, I think it's interesting you say that because in my personal case, I've designed the bold report to look best on the iPad. If if you look at it on the Mac or even on your iPhone, it's still going to look great. But but for me, the native reading experience of the bold report is on the iPad, and that's the way I've designed it. And I and I think um, as as time moves forward, and I and I think more people jump on the iPad bandwagon because I I feel like people were kind of down on the iPad for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think that there will be more and more of that where where the the native experience for people is on the iPad and and they they make it look nice you know maybe for the iPhone if it's an app or um or or for the Mac but but I think iPad will be a, a more dominant um experience for a lot of people. Mm. I do like it. I'm looking at it right now. One of the things that's really sticking out to me on the Bolt report is the expanse of your margins. It's super clean and easy to distinguish the breaking points of posts and sections of content, which is a little bit larger than I'd say the going average now of modern design. Yeah. The going cutting edge style I see from a lot of content outlets. And it reads well in portrait and landscape. So kudos there, Tim. This is a good job. (laughs) Thank you. So let me tell you a little bit about what I think of the iPad Pro 9.7. I didn't want the 12-inch because... It felt like it was competing for the space that the MacBook serves for me. Okay, okay. I'd be compelled to go ahead and get the smart keyboard. And, oh yeah, you know I'm going to make a lot of use of the Apple Pencil. But I just knew that the features of the 12-inch iPad Pro were also destined for the smaller models. Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me that you have not purchased an Apple Pencil or smart keyboard? Not as of yet, and I can explain why. Okay, okay, yeah. One step at a time. (laughs) I convinced myself the day they announced the 9.7 iPad Pro that one of these was in my future. Okay. But it just wasn't the right timing yet, budgetary-wise. I wanted to wait until the timing was right. And I had also not decided whether or not I wanted to get one with a data plan, like with T-Mobile with my family plan, or if I wanted to get the Wi-Fi version. Okay. And I've had an iPad since... Uh, I've had every iPad except for the iPad, the, sorry, the new iPad 4, I think it was called at one point. Okay. And I haven't had the iPad Air 2. So I had most of them. Okay. And I loved them all. So what I knew was I, I've been very comfortable with this size of this model. I also had an iPad mini and an iPad mini 2 for a little while. And a new, though I do love the the mini, this one is just offering me the the in-between experience that Steve Jobs promised me with the original keynote, where he said, you know, okay. is there a space for this device that is better at some things than the iPhone is at yeah. its scale? And is if that space exists where it doesn't serve the same needs of the, the MacBook and the iPhone, then... What's the most ideal scale in my case, the one that I enjoy the most? While I really enjoy the iPad mini, I, I prefer this one just a little bit. Okay. Um, and for one of those reasons, it's that 
it is easier to get more content on the screen at a readable scale that feels just natural at an arm's length. So when I'm reading in my living room, one of the things is I like to use this as my e-reader and I'm not going to pick up and a Kindle for that reason. I'll do all my Kindle and iBooks reading off of the iPad. Right. So I like the scale for the, like the proper scale of just reading experience for the average body of work. Uh, it, it just feels the most comfortable though. The iPad mini is very comfortable too. It's, it just feels a little bit more so, um, so a few other things I like the iPads for. I use it for mail triage. I can actually, you know, this seems unintuitive, I think, to a lot of people who are on the edge of being power users, but not quite. And that's kind of how I see myself. I think, shouldn't I be able to get through more of my mail on my Mac? And some of the times I can quickly select, delete, select, delete, select, all, delete, mark as read. And oftentimes works better on the Mac if I'm already there. But I, I find that I'm actually, if like I'm conscious of what I'm doing on mail triage on my iPad, I get through it just as fast. Yeah. And I, that's a good thing. I mean, like I, I'm not, I'm not uh, kidding myself here. I actually think my ability to manage the email is just as fast on the iPad pro as it is on my MacBook, which I couldn't say about the iPad a few years ago. Yeah. So, so another thing I do like about it, I prefer to watch all the videos on YouTube or Vimeo. Yes, I agree with that. So Tim, if you enjoy that, that's one significant reason to consider the iPad Pro just for the speakers alone. Yes, you see, that's that's uh, that's one thing that I had been I had been looking at um, because I tend to have my iPad in like in portrait, <laughs> so then the speakers are blocked. Yeah. Um, if I'm if I'm on it in bed, you know, because I'll just like rest it on my chest, you know. Huge pain point since the first generation. Yes, that doesn't work. Oh, you, you but YouTube on the iPad is so nice. I feel it, it, that's my personal opinion. Well, and the YouTube app has made some huge improvements in the last you know year. Yes. So that you yeah. can manage your subscriptions in just a comfortable like lounging experience yeah and mm -hmm. it, it's kind of like uh dealing with your rss feeds again yeah. where it just seems intuitive in this particular context on this device and at this scale what's kind of fun too is if you're, if you're at your mac i, I want to spend more time getting things done than i want to watching one more thing yeah that's an interruption to my day yep so kind of like what we were saying earlier where we're not inclined to use our mobile devices at our desks. I'm just as disinclined to use YouTube when I'm at my my computer. Yeah, that's so funny. I feel exactly the same when I when I come across a video uh, on YouTube that I have found throughout the day. I will almost always just like put watch later on it. And so that too later. Is well, our, I, I can I can look at it on the iPad. Well, and our desk computers displays are significantly larger than our iPads. Yeah. Yet it just feels right. It feels more right anyway. Yeah. So just for this reason alone, consider the iPad Pros because of the way their speaker systems work. You get more frequencies, the high frequency range, okay. where the top two speakers are projecting out the mid frequencies and the high frequencies. And then the lower two speakers are always going to crank out the bass, no matter the orientation of the iPad. 
So what's interesting is it's it's fuller than any other Apple iOS device when you just sit it down to play some background music or to listen to an iP- uh, a podcast while you're doing chores around the house. And one of the great tests for this is how does it sound on a hard surface like the kitchen counter versus laying it on top of the bed on the quilt, Yeah, you know, or the comforter. And what I found is, you know, if I were to toss my iPhone down on the, the comforter while I'm trying to do some laundry, it, it absorbs so much of the sound, it's just not audible enough. Right. It, it's not going to cut the mustard. Yeah. But in this case, it's actually loud enough that it sounds relatively like a small television set. Wow. Even when it's laying on something that's dampening its sound. Yeah. So I, I so what this does is it feels another like bonus, uh, another bonus feature of this particular product is that it behaves sort of like a, a Bluetooth speaker alternative. So if, if you were interested in one of those Beats pills or the Amazon Basics Bluetooth speaker that I've talked about recently, and you're thinking, well, do I want one of those or do I just keep using my iPads to listen to things? Well, then think about this audio system is so much better <laughs> than it has been in the past, that I think a lot of people will just not see the value in the external Bluetooth speaker system at all, because an iPad doubles as that little speaker system for anything, for any kind of content, wow. for, the, for the background music listening. Yeah. You know, it's not like this is so good that it matches stereo sound or yeah. a Sono system. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, is, it is technically stereo sound. It, just, it doesn't remind me of a stereo. Right. And, and it's, but it's so good okay. that I, I don't want to plug this up to some other sound system or uh, send its signal Bluetooth to some other Bluetooth sound system. That's surprising. Yeah. It is just that good. I don't think I'll be connecting it to anything except perhaps maybe my Bluetooth headphones if I'm trying to listen to podcasts and not distract other people yeah. in the home. But I just don't see that happening anymore. It solves that problem for me. So, if I want to have a simple sound system I can carry around the, the house or the home office, this now does the job for me. Very nice. So last thing I want to say before we wrap up is if you needed a, a better like display for any reason, this is the number one now. What's unique about the iPad 12, the iPad Pro with 12 inch is that everything is larger. So yes, that has a lot to, to go for it. But the downside of that larger display is that it has the smaller color gamut, which is not small. It's just smaller than the 9.7-inch iPad Pro. And Apple says it like this on their website. The 9.7-inch iPad Pro display uses the same color space as the digital cinema industry. The wider color gamut gives iPad Pro up to 25% greater color saturation than previous iPad models. So colors are more vivid, true to life, and like engaging. <laughs> now, I don't know about engaging <laughs> and Keller's being engaging, but I do feel like they're spot on where it just feels more true to life. So when you're looking at video content, even when it's your home movies, things on the iPad Pro look more lifelike. Wow. It's, it's just phenomenal. It's, it's interesting that you bring this up because that is exactly what I've heard from every review that I've read um, especially Jim Dalrymple, he 
he wrote about exactly this, that the display is mind-blowing and you wouldn't want to go back uh, to, to the old way of, of doing things. Hmm. Like, do you, do you notice a difference between now um, your iPad and your iPhone when you look at it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Especially okay. when yeah. I look at my iPhone because it has a lot of a... It has sort of like a bluish tint to it. Right. <laughs> you forget that it's there until you go back to that phone or you go back to that computer display. And so the iPad Pro, when you're using it, you don't think about the fact that it is using True Tone to kind of white balance the picture all the time with the lighting in your room. Right. And you're not really thinking about this having more color than you've ever seen on a device of any sort yeah. in your home before until you return to a lesser display and you're like, yeah, it just looks a little <laughs> bit murky. It just looks a little bit dull. Yeah compared to this iPad Pro. And I would have never noticed it before. Oh, Joe, what are you doing to my bank account, man? <laughs> I really want one of these now. Okay, so if you want to justify it, there is one other thing that, <laughs> <laughs> that made a world of difference to me. Okay. And that goes back to just reading. I, yeah. I, I don't like buying physical copies of books. We already have a large home library. Okay. It's mostly my wife's. It's a beautiful collection. She's got lots of nonfiction and several very, well, actually good classic like fictional works. I can't complain. If I just wanted to read our own home library for the rest of my days, I'm sure I couldn't exhaust it. <laughs> yeah. But it's her library, not mine. And so I'll reference it from time to time. But I really don't want to contribute one more book to the shelf. Right. I've already done that twice this year. I'm, try I'm trying not to because we're going to have to start burning books or getting rid of books. And I really don't want to do oh that. Oh, my goodness. Because seriously, we just don't <laughs> have any more space in this house for more books. Yeah. So I love downloading a book for e-reading. I just like having one device for all my e-reading. And I know that I'm going to have an iPad Pro, iPad, I should say, for this kind of purpose. So I'm not going to get an ebook reader as tempting as those can be. And given that the iPad Pro has this feature where it's always rebalancing the color based on the lighting spectrum in your room to be natural to what your eyes are used to with a reflection of white surfaces. Yeah. Everything always is easier on your eyes, Tim. Yeah. It's always easier on your eyes. So if you ever like just like get a watery eyes or uh, dry eyes and rub your eyes because they seem fatigued while you've been sitting at your computer for anywhere between four to eight hours, and then in the evening you're watching a little bit of TV, yeah. and then it just seems to agitate it that much more. Yeah. <laughs> this, this does not induce any of that frustration. Wow. It, it's not like it looks all that much different. And to someone who's not especially familiar with color spectrum, you know, I have a background with design, so I'm familiar with how color works on the printed page and on various monitors. I can see the difference, but I can understand why my mom cannot see the difference. Right. My sister does not see the difference. Right. So the thing, though, that they notice is that they just don't get tired of looking at the screen right. at, at, like ever. Yeah. Which is, I mean, which is great. But, and so when it comes to reading, if you're going to take this on vacation, this is the device you want to take on vacation for reading that book. Yeah. Because it's just that easy on the eyes. Yeah. 
So um, my thumbs up to the iPad Pro. I'm really enjoying it. I've only had it for a couple of days, but I know from my experience with the iPad Air up to the very last moment, how I feel about iPads. I am an iPad user. I don't, I'm not becoming an iPad convert where I feel the need to move away <laughs> from a Mac. Yeah. Um, I always preach the good message that Steve Jobs introduced that there was a place in our life for the iPhone, the iPad, and the Mac. What size iPad did you get? So I'm sticking with the iPad Pro 9.7. No, 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 but the, but the, the storage space, sorry. Ah, okay. So I got the 32 gigabytes, and here's why. Okay. I'm all in favor of more storage, but on my last iPad Air, yeah. I didn't use more than 18 gigs at a single time. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so I, yeah, I just yeah. felt with that average... Yeah. that there was no harm in going with a 32. Okay. Now, if I if I use it heavily for storage at any particular time, it's usually for movies. Right. And right. in the so this led to my decision to get a model with data service. So I got this through T-Mobile because okay. I'm figuring that the only time of the year that I want all those movies on the iPad is during vacation time. Right. And it's right. during vacation that I would like to have data on the iPad anyway without the ha the hassles of having to tether to other <laughs> systems. Oh, uh, yeah. I went I went through that in Mexico. It wasn't fun. So so there you go. It just it seems to be the savvy decision that even if you're going to use the data just for 2 to 4 weeks out of the year that you want that option when it arises. And so right. with that in mind, again you don't have a reason to increase your storage capacity on this kind of device. Right. The one exception would be people who are going to capture a lot of video and edit it on the iPad, or if you're not interested in that option of getting the data plan. Okay. And if you, if so, if you want to go Wi-Fi, I think it makes a lot of sense. If you're going to use this on a regular basis for video watching content, then yeah, increase your storage limit. Okay. Don't you agree? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. My last question uh, is, is uh, you, you said, you know, why you didn't get the accessories. Do you plan on getting those soon or, or no? Because for me, the, the last thing that I need to know about the, about the smart keyboard on, on the iPad Pro 9.7 inch is if it's comfortable to type on. And I've, I've, I've seen some reviews about it and they say that it's okay um, but I, I guess I, I wanted to know from you if it was comfortable to type on. Okay. Now, because I am a keyboard enthusiast, I feel okay. qualified to give you a general <laughs> answer, but okay. not a conclusive one. So he, okay. here's my gut reaction. Okay. I think that keyboards are largely a very personal decision experience, you know, for most people that are concerned about such things. Right. And I'm, I'm willing to bet you that you've gone through a few keyboards in the last five years, or at least considered them because you wondered if there was something better for your wrists yeah. or better for ergonomics or just more enjoyable to type on or yeah. had better features all built onto the keyboard. And if you're that kind of mindful individual with your keyboard, then I would not be surprised if you're frustrated with the smart keyboard. I've used it for about an hour in an Apple store yeah. on two separate occasions to see if it was the kind of thing that I needed to invest in immediately or if I could wait. Yeah. And here's my thoughts. It does really well 
if I didn't already have the convenience of a great MacBook for mobile typing. Uh, and so okay. if I'm already at my desk, I'm right. going to be using my my desk accessories like my my Apple wireless keyboard, Bluetooth keyboard here. Okay. Or I'm going to get out one of my mechanical keyboards when I want that experience with that hearty, great key pressing. Yeah. Uh, but if I'm going to be mobile, the MacBook Pro, the MacBook, it provides the most familiar experience. Right. And because the iPad is offering a new experience, I think it's really difficult to make a a firm recommendation to others because there aren't many other keyboards that are quite like these these cloth plush iPad Pro smart right. keyboards. Yeah, because yeah. it just feels utterly different than everything else. Yeah. Even if it's above average in quality compared to other smart keyboards, it's a very personal decision whether or not you can tolerate what it feels like on right. a regular basis. Right, right. But but I have no hesitation about the Apple Pencil. Okay. I think that note takers, people who want to do markup and people that sketch will love this Apple Pencil all the time. Okay. It just, it never fails. It always feels great. And if it's the only thing is it only ever so slightly doesn't feel like you're actually writing on paper <laughs> because you could, there's no tactile feel of the texture of the paper against that glass. But in every other way, it feels like a good pen in your hand. And what it looks like on the display is on par with anything that I've tried to write on with hand in cursive you know, just it looks and feels great. Okay. Now, have you done any work with the pencil yourself? No, I haven't. No, I haven't tried either of them uh, because I haven't made a point to to make it out to my Apple store. But yeah, that, that gives me something to think about. Well, and chew on that. If you want the pencil, it's an extra hundred. If you want the smart keyboard, that's an extra 150. Right. The pencil doesn't appeal to me as much because I, I'm not, I'm not really a note taker in that sense. And I, and I'm, I'm definitely not someone who sketches or doodles very much. Um, but the smart keyboard does appeal to me a lot because I, I did buy a keyboard recently for my iPad. Um, I, I got a Logitech keys to go. Nice. And how do and you feel I, about and it? I, I like it. I Good. mean, I, I like it as much as you can like a smaller keyboard. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm very much spoiled in the sense that I use a DOS keyboard, a, a, a mechanical keyboard every single day. Uh, and that, that is my preferred uh, way of typing. But, but I do appreciate the necessity to have something um, when you're on the go. And, and I, don't, I, don't usually, I, I, I don't usually take um, you know, mobile notes with, with my Mac um, you know, I, 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 my, my, my iPad is the, is the one that is usually with me uh, for everything. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what I wondered about the smart keyboard. But I, I guess I'll have to do more research. I, I need to go in and try it, you know, and just try it for myself, see, see how it feels. I like that the, the Keys to Code model actually has a very low profile. And is it covered in like a cloth material? Yep. Yep, it's a, it's the same. Yeah. Well, then it's the closest thing to the Apple Smart Keyboard. Then. Okay. Well, then I I I really like the keys to go. I mean, I I love it for for what it's for, which is I I need to I need to type. I need it for a few hours. This this will work for now. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode, Tim. Sounds good. 
Thank you very much. It was uh, great to have you back. Thanks so much for having me. I, I really, really enjoyed this. It's my pleasure. I enjoy a good show with all my friends, all my podcasting friends, and I don't get to hear enough of you on shows anymore, but <laughs> I do enjoy your writing. And I recommend anyone that enjoys the ideals of e-reading or RSS feeds or the iPad MacBook convergence and, and making a, a hybrid of your your <laughs> work life and trying to make your life a little bit healthier at the desk can appreciate your writing. So check it out. Thank you. Uh, this concludes episode 53 of Tectonic. We're so glad that you could join us and make it to the end. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on the iPad Pro and Tim's on the desk. If you want our show notes, you can find them with all the links pertaining to what we talked about at tectonic.fm slash 53. And if you're looking for us on Twitter, my guest, Tim, is at T Tim Smith on Twitter. That's two T's at the beginning of his handle. I'm at JCS Darnell on Twitter. My co-host, who is absent, is Joshua Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer is spelled P-E-I-F-F-E-R. And the show is also on Twitter. That's at Tectonic FM. And if you enjoy the show, please let us know with a written review on iTunes. It's uh, about time we get a few more ratings and reviews on there. So I'd appreciate it if you'd make your way over there and let us know what you think. I'd be glad to read some of those in a future episode. If, uh, you know, people would like that sort of thing, I'd love to get your feedback and share them with the audience. So you might hear your message on the show. I'm Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.